Welcome to another episode of Beer Quest. I had to remind myself for a second because this is the second episode, actually, and I'm not used to saying Beer Quest or Welcome to Beer Quest. I'm actually used to saying Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Smith Talk Relationships, which is our other podcast with my uh, lovely wife. Um, but we're at Beer Quest, a uh, new podcast that's a podcast for beer lovers, uh, actually craft beer lovers, if you want to make it to, uh, I don't know, I'm just rambling. But anyway, today uh, I'm out in Lamont, Illinois at Pollyanna Brewing Company. And uh, it's funny because uh, about two months ago, I was walking around in Wicker Park back in Chicago and we walked into this uh, liquor store. And I ran into this guy who was uh, passing out samples, and we thought it was pretty cool. And uh, I, I told him the idea I had about doing a podcast about going to different breweries and, and just talking and chatting about beer and life. Uh, so his name was Paul, and he's here with us today. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna massacre your last name, so I'll let you uh, pronounce that because I I, <laughs> I wanted to actually look it up and see if I can find it, and they give the pronunciation, but I couldn't find it, so. It's Paul Sikora. Sikora. Yes. I was close. I was going to say, never mind. But, <laughs> but uh, here with Paul Sikora uh, from Pollyanna Brewing. Uh, he's, you're one of the owners, right? Correct. Cool. Uh, and I'm joined by two friends of mine, uh, fellow comedian Mickey Housley and his friend... Uh, Aaron. Aaron. He goes by one name, Aaron. <laughs> but uh, he's that cool. Uh, which uh, turns out to be a beer... Uh, admirer as well right you you kind of into beers a little bit yeah i like to drink a lot of beer <laughs> <laughs> well that's 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 the uh what we're here for um so uh where did it all begin paul wow that's a, a great question so um it was a few years back uh i had moved back from uh, indianapolis back into illinois and uh I had a really good relationship with a, a brew pub down in Indy uh, called Oak and Barrel. And um, while my stay in Indy, I saw kind of the craft beer starting to take off. And I, I really got enthused uh, when I would go in there. And, you know, I was a Miller Lite drinker for a long time, uh, oh. like most. Yeah. Um, and the first time I went in there and, and I had some variety, I had an Indiana Amber and I had, uh, I had you know, a beer with hops in it, you know, and uh, a porter. Uh, some of these beers were just amazing, and uh, you know, one of the things I, I just admired about it is that they had a great following, and they had these things called growlers, where you could uh, take beer home with you. I mean, right. this is this was unheard of, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, when I moved back to uh, Illinois, I started to get the uh, I started to get the bug. Um, I had a few uh, trips out to um, Three Floyds out in Munster nice. and uh, saw some of the things that they were doing, and it was just terrific. Uh, you'd see, uh, you know, just the different types and styles of beer and, and, and the names and just their ambience. And, you know, I was uh, in a job that uh, uh, I really enjoyed, and I had been uh, doing uh, that job for 20 years. And uh, I had a little bit of uh, money stashed away and uh, wanted to maybe branch out and figure out how I can do this and right. uh, how I wanted to do a brewery. And I was really looking to do more of a brew pub, didn't know where to do it, didn't know how to do it. Um, so... Uh, met some, uh, one of the gentlemen I worked with um, had the same kind of inspiration and we started talking and one thing leads to another and we met up with some other folks uh, and, uh, you know, they kind of had the same aspirations of, of a brewery and then we started talking about maybe a production brewery, which is what right. Pollyanna is. 
Uh, so the brew pub went out the window. We started to talk production, and then we said, well, where would we do this? And then who would be our brewmaster? Right. Um, one of the things we did then was um, uh, we looked at Siebel Institute, which is the uh, uh, really an international brewing school. Um, you know, when these folks graduate and they come back um, from, from training in, in Munich and in Germany and in uh, Belgium, uh, they're looking for a gig. Right. So we looked for somebody that uh, might be looking for a gig when they came back. Uh, we met up with a gentleman named Brian Pavola, okay. and uh, Brian um, uh, had some homebrew, and we tasted it, and we, you know, we just thought it was fantastic, and uh, wanted maybe to uh, have him be one of the uh, potential owners uh, of the brewery. I thought it was important as a as a businessman to have your brewer be um, and your master brewer be somebody that. Uh, that really was going to have some skin in the game. And, right. and for him to have skin in the game and be part of this was important to us. So uh, he became a partner. Um, at that time, too, my older brother uh, worked at the board of options in the soybean pits and uh, for 30 years. And, you know, he was uh, looking to uh, get out of that um, pretty much because they didn't need him there anymore because right. it's all gone computers. So yeah. he was looking for a gig. So it ended up being five of us. Uh, and the other gentleman, Ed, uh, who is a uh, architect by trade is really the gentleman who kind of cohesively brought the group uh, together uh, and we started talking about how we could put this concept together. He's somebody who was able to look at all the equipment and the space and figure out will it all work? If, right. you know, when we get there, who's going to put all this together? I mean, one of those things you just, <laughs> you just don't naturally have is how do you do this, right? right? So if you got somebody who can make great beer and can make beer and then you've got somebody who uh, can put together the facility and the building and all the equipment, that's pretty much one of those things where you go, okay, I think we might have this, right? And then we had five owners, uh, five people bringing some skin into the game, meaning money, right. yeah. uh, that uh, wanted to get involved. So uh, that's where we started. And uh, we, we, uh, I ran across the building that we're in here in Lamont. Um, I was taken straight down from us as a, uh, um, as a dog grooming, and I brought my dog in, and I had time to kill. So I walked down to the other end of this building, and I saw it was wide open. Uh, it was for sale, right. uh, for lease, and uh, there was nothing in here. And we saw the space and just looked at it and said, gosh, this would be a perfect place to put a microbrewery. Right. Um, and uh, we started talking with the landlord and started to go from there. Nice. So what, are, you, uh, are you a Lamont? you live in Lamont? Or, or do you, like, what made you think this is the place where we need to put this brewery. I mean, you kind of answered it when you were walking by and you saw the place, but uh, like, like, are you from Lamont? No, I'm from Lockport. Um, and I did look in Lockport first. Uh, there wasn't anything that really struck, struck me as being the place that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, I liked Lamont because it was a smaller town. Uh, it had a nice downtown kind of a village right. type of effect. Yeah. Um, and of course, I wanted to... You know, I didn't want to drive very far to work, and it's only <laughs> it's only 15 minutes with traffic. So, nice. um, you know, being one of the owners, I definitely wanted to be uh, close to home, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. So how is how is Lamont as a town? Like, uh, is there like any history that you know about Lamont? It's a great town, and it and it has a really rich history, and it uh, it, it really it, it's it's a it's an old town. It was it, it had more people in this town. Uh, back in the 1890s than there are currently now. Wow. Um, so one of the one of the things that we're on is the uh, historic uh, I&M Canal. Okay. And the I&M Canal, of course, took uh, trade from um, um, Illinois and Michigan and brought it to the Mississippi uh, for trade. Um, it was a big, you know, basically a big trench that uh, barges and the donkeys used to bring back uh, right. back and forth all the um, um, the goods and commerce at the time. So 1890s was real interesting because the 
um, Columbian Exposition in Chicago uh, just got done uh, uh, finishing up, wrapping up, and there were a lot of immigrants, uh, and we all know the immigrants were the folks that, uh, you know, they're the backs that uh, things get built on. Right. So uh, the next big project was the I&M Canal, and they uh, basically started the canal, brought the immigrants into, uh, basically into Lamont, and Lamont became what was known as Sin City of the Midwest. So oh, wow. you can imagine... Uh, this was where there were many, much gambling, uh, <laughs> oh, there were wow. many bars, and there were many brothels in town. Wow. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of churches now, and there's a lot of bars, and that's pretty much the history of Lamont. Um, and there still is that, uh, certainly the, the bar aspect, I don't think there's any more really in uh, brothels or gambling um, right. um, that are going on. Um, so at the time, you know, it was, it was called, uh, this downtown area is called Smoky Row. <laughs> and that was kind of a neat name. That right. was just how it was, it was classified. So, um, you know, we use some of the names of some of the, um, uh, uh, like, for some of the inspiration for some of right. our, our, our styles and beer names uh, from the local town, which we thought was kind of fun to incorporate some of the history into yeah. it. Uh, and the village has been great to work with. They, uh, they certainly had a, uh, they had some inspiration, it seemed like. They had a, um, um, an ordinance on the books that, we, that uh, allowed for a microbrewery to be built. Uh, in the downtown district, and that's where we're at. So okay. you know, we didn't have to jump through too many hurdles right. to get the uh, uh, permits to begin, um, you know, construction on the on the facility. Right. Wow, that's pretty cool. It's funny because like uh, previous episode, we were at uh, Vice Brewing in Chicago, and uh, it, it, to talk about history, and and it was funny because that that area, I asked them, you know, whether you get the name from Vice from, you know, and, and I'm thinking it's something else, and it turns out. That that area, exactly like Lamont, was an area where a lot of brothels and gambling and all those things <laughs> happen all the time. So it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, it's a coincidence. As soon as you said that, I was like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> Look what we draw our inspirations from, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, your, your brewer, uh, Brian Pavola? Pavola. Pavola. Yes. Is he Polish? Uh, he certainly is. Oh, cool. All right, cool. So... Uh, He's been brewing for. Is this his first gig, or was he like brewing anywhere else before? He had a uh, he had a nine to five job out in the corporate America at one point, but he also was a home brewer. Okay. Um, and uh, one of those that you know made some great home brew and got inspired by a lot of people telling him, "Hey, you should you should pursue your dreams of being a brewer, professional right. brewer." And uh, he decided to go to uh, to Siebel. He was uh, he was. Uh, uh, salutatory in his class. He was number two. Uh, okay. What is he, salutatory? I mean, I, I saw it when I was reading the research, but I, I didn't know what that meant. Is he that, was he was number two. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know who number one was, but not bad to have number two, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Hey. So, and uh, he did the whole. I mean, to get into that class, it's a it's a fairly expensive process too. In the in the uh, uh, high double digit range in thousands to wow. uh, to take the class and to uh, of course uh, have the aptitude to know the chemistry. Uh, you know, to uh, know the math and, and obviously have the uh, um, competence to be able to brew. Right. Wow. So, um, so one of the things to say, ask him about his favorite yeast cocktail. Is that something you are aware of too, or? Mm, no, I don't know what the yeast cocktail that he has. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was thinking, but he's making the. Uh, yeast in a drink is he drinking it himself I'm you know like, he's a big fan of belgian yeast and yeah. uh that's one of them that he picks out for a lot there's a few beers that are uh, definitely belgian inspired so uh i know that uh, uh that style is 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 near and dear to his heart right because a lot of belgium uh yeast did i don't know how they, they reproduced it but basically a lot of that is kept secret you know back in 
the monasteries that it is where the monks keep their no they make the beer so those are the trappist monasteries the trappist mon- yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so, so he i mean that those you know recipes are proprietary to those folks but you know the, the places that do brew other belgian beer in belgium obviously right. have some strains that are available that that's kind of how everybody got their their hands on it and right. of course over in the u.s and you know, we, we buy our yeast from a uh, um, manufacturer that, you know, reproduces it and uh, repropagates it and, and then right. sells it to the uh, to the breweries. Cool, cool. So what's the what's the, uh, uh, the vibe around in, in, in Pollyanna? Is it, you know, uh, a lot of breweries where we go to or a lot of places I've been to, it's more of a, a, a culture. You know, it's more of a, a people where people come together and just chat for a little while, you know, and not necessarily... Uh, talk to each other in general and everything else in life, you know, but when they come here, everybody's a friend. Everybody knows each other in a sort of way of speaking, you know. Is it, what's the vibe here in Pollyanna? Well, I, I would say I agree with you on the, on those points. We do have a lot of folks that come in. Um, you know, we, we struggled when we first opened, and we do have three TVs here, and uh, I swear that uh, there's days when I can just put a test pattern on and uh, leave it up and nobody would complain about changing the channel because <laughs> people come in and talk and that's, right. what they, that's what they're here for. They're here to taste the beer. Uh, a lot of people uh, like to check in on, uh, on social media, on the apps for, uh, for, for beer. Right. And immediately when they come down, they, they look at the menu, they order, they get on their, get on their uh, smartphone and they start rating the beer and nice. then they're talking to each other and that's the that's the cool vibe that we get usually it's uh, uh it's not really the younger crowd right. um we've got you know i always look at it it's people who have a couple bucks in their pocket yeah. to afford craft beer right. and that appreciate what we're doing and yeah. uh you know they want to taste uh, they want something that tastes great and they want it uh, um, they want the styles and the varieties and they're willing to pay for it, and they're willing to uh, to help support the breweries that they really enjoy. Yeah. So that's kind of the vibe. I mean, you know, we get a very good crowd, um, you know, building up towards the weekend. We do very well on on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. Okay. Uh, and then it's you know we're off. Uh, we have a, a day that we're closed on Mondays for special events, and then you know it just seems like uh, you know that vibe starts to pick up from Tuesday through Friday. You know, as people start to get closer to the weekend, right? Uh, things start to become you know it starts to get a more of a fun atmosphere. And, and as we have releases, you know, we may put a release out on a Tuesday or a, or a Friday and, or have something special on a cask. And, you know, when we put that stuff out on social media, that's right. when the, uh, I like to call it uh, near and dear with the beer geeks yeah. come out for it. Oh, and yeah. they love it. Yeah. And they love it. And it's, a, uh, it's great because they want to uh, be the first to try. Right. It's like standing in the store, uh, standing in line for some new Jordan kicks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> come out here and get the new uh, brew. Uh, one thing I noticed on your website is that you guys have a lot of activities, like sure. the, the food trucks come out. I actually wanted to be here when they had, there was a barbecue truck that comes out here, and yeah. I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a day. But uh, uh, how did you guys get in, in, how did you guys join up with those guys or, or partner up with those guys? Well, I think it was just kind of seeing what the, what the culture was at other breweries and uh, some of the folks that came before us. Um, you know, we're kind of the class of 2014, but there's other breweries that have been open now for uh, some some really popular ones since you know for uh, two three years already, and we saw that they did the food trucks, and that was one of the you know we didn't want to have a kitchen here, right. and we didn't want to be a brew pub, we wanted to be a production brewery, which means our product goes out of here in in uh, in kegs to bars, pubs, and restaurants. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also realized that folks are going to be here in the tap room are going to get hungry, and right. we don't need them to leave, we want them to stay, but we don't want to you know we're not going to provide food other than say popcorn or or some of the other snacks that we have in the in the brewery. So, you know, we saw some of what these food trucks are, are, um, that are out there, and we, we saw them at a lot of the beer festivals. And, you know, it was just a matter of going up and talking to them and inviting them 
to want to be part of the, you know, to come out to the brewery. Um, Lamont has limited our, our amount of food trucks to one a week. Wow. So we have just a food truck on either Friday or Saturday, typically. Okay. And uh, we try to keep that variety. Uh, we go from, you know, one of the most popular is Toasty Cheese, Two Soldiers and Marine Barbecue, Omango, which is Indian, uh, Gino's Steaks, which is uh, like Philly, Philly Steak Sandwiches. You know, right. some of these folks, and, you know, it, it, when they show up, I mean, there's a following for these folks. Right. And so you kind of get people coming to the brewery for the food. And then you get people that are here for the beer that are going to have to have something to eat. So they're very yeah. happy to have something. They can just walk right outside the door, walk 20 feet, place an order, right. come back in, finish your beer, go back out, pick it up, bring it in and eat. It's like the best of both worlds. I it is. It is. And we also, we also realized that we wanted to support many of the restaurants in town that have our beer on draft. Right. Um, so we have takeout menus for any of those places that want to have food and be able to bring it into to Pollyanna. And uh, there's a, um, a Gel Sosimos is one of the uh, the, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, they're one of our best customers for selling our beer, and they sell a lot of pizzas here at the brewery. Right. That's pretty cool. So one of the things I noticed that I was pretty impressed about Pollyanna was that when we ran into you in Wicker Park, you were like, oh, I'm one of the owners. And I'm like, <laughs> that's cool because, you know, like usually they'll send out some sample girls or send out... Uh, uh, somebody who you know represents the company or something, but you sure. was like actual owner, actually giving people samples and talking to them about the beer, and I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I know there's a story about Samuel Adams. He you know went out. Samuel Adams owner went out in this one one beer at a time until you know he's really a big company now. But I think that's cool when when the owners, like you said, when you gave the brewmaster uh, you know a part in the company as well. It's like okay. Now he's going to really be dedicated to it because he's, this is, you know, his reputation, not, on top of, not just his reputation, but, you know, the product that he wants people to enjoy and he's going to do his best and for the company. You know, he's not going to be like, well, I'm out of here, you know, because uh, <laughs> uh, La Bonita's asked, asked, you know, give me more money or whatever, you know. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. Well, he's been, you know, everybody was involved with the brand and the brand and the Pollyanna name came from, uh, from Brian. Uh, he had that as a blog when he was in brewing school. And Pollyanna is, means uh, irrepressibly optimistic. Okay, cool. Uh, also, you know, kind of the glass is always half full. Right. Uh, so, we, you know, with five owners, uh, none of which owned a brewery or none of which had their own business in the past, uh, right. to come together and put this together and uh, successfully pull it off thus far uh, is pretty optimistic. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty cool that, uh, um, you know, we look at it, the, you know, going out to some of these events, um, I don't want anybody else to represent us other than us. I right. mean, we're the best ones to talk about the brand. Mm -hmm. And just to have you guys here today represents that we did something right that day. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of fun to have, too. So, um, you know, other than sometimes our distributor will represent us. And those are, you know, we can't be all places at, at the same time. Right. Um, but we try our best for events that are uh, very near and dear to us. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, we've got one of the owners or we've got uh, uh, our distributor there to, uh, to talk about the brewery. Awesome, awesome. So uh, let's not forget our other guests that are in the house. <laughs> They're looking really eagerly to uh, uh, chime in. Uh, so uh, we, we basically have some, we can go to the tasting part of the show. Uh, sure. We got a flight from uh, Pollyanna Beer. Um, so is there any particular order we should go in or is there like? Well, right now there's a flight and the flight is of nine beers that you got uh, 4.75 ounce uh, glasses of, uh, of beer. And I would say probably starting at the bottom and starting with the full Lamonte, which is our golden ale. Uh, yeah. Very light, easy drinking, got a little touch of sweetness to it. Uh, 20 IBUs, so okay. really light on the hops. And they probably just go, 
you know, I think sometimes from light to dark is 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 probably a good way to, to do it. You know, jumping around's fine too. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what order you you think is is, is that's where we're going? Um, the full Amante is is actually one of your flagship beers. What what is that? stand for i mean like your flagship beers it's so we have four flagships and uh you know i think um what we wanted to have is beer that people could rely on that we're always going to be around okay um we've heard from other breweries and other patrons that they like something at another brewery and they come back two weeks later and it's not there right so we wanted to have these four flagships as really the staples of of pollyanna right. so a golden ale a pale ale uh, an ipa which is very popular and then a uh, porter. So okay. we wanted to have those on 24-7 um, and throughout the entire year. And oh, then, wow. And then have any other types of one-offs or seasonals complement those. Okay. Um, cool. So Full Lamonte was, uh, was uh, picked up uh, very well here in Lamont. It's a, it's a great uh, gateway beer uh, for people that don't typically do craft. You okay. know, your Miller Lite and Bud drinkers do yeah. come in on occasion and say, <laughs> what do you have that's close to that? And I always give them a Full Lamonte and they put a big smile on their face and now they're hooked. Uh, I, I, was, I thought you were just going to say, uh, the door. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> I do that just for the wine drinkers that come in. <laughs> but the, uh, the Full Amani was great because uh, it was a beer that uh, got adopted at U.S. Cellular Field oh, sweet. Uh, for the entire uh, uh, White Sox season, which was, nice. which was great to see that, uh, you know, all those uh, uh, macro handles that they have on of all the domestics and then to see craft being on draft exactly. and being, having it be from Lamont local yeah. and having it be the Full Lamonte. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I, we went to uh, a Sox game this year, and that's one thing I noticed about that park that they have craft beer now, right. so, which is pretty cool because, you know, the big brewers they capitalize on everything, so you just got to take their stuff, you know, and like Budweiser or Bud Light, and sometimes I mean you don't want to drink that, you know, and then the fact that you have now little small breweries able to be in there is pretty cool. I think so. Congratulations on that, man. Well, that's thank pretty, you. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we, we hope to be invited back for uh, 2016. That's potential uh, 30,000 uh, new uh, customers every day, right? <laughs> well, for the ball season, at least. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll have put a good team on the field so that Right, so we can fill the park up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, all right, so let's start. Where did the Fula Monte name come from? Is it something? Well, the uh, there's a, uh, a movie from... Uh, um, from England, we called the Full Monty. Right. And, uh, you know, when we heard the Full Monty and then Lamont, so we just kind of combined the two and we call it the Full Lamonte. Okay, so there's no people getting naked around here with, after they drink that? Uh, <laughs> no, but we, 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 we have a clever T-shirt that, uh, that, that has the, uh, that same zipper effect uh, on there. But uh, Nice. So, but I think the uh, folks, in, and, and it bonds people to Lamont. Uh, okay. You know, the locals here... Uh, Call themselves Lamonsters, um, oh, okay. and I think the full Lamonte is their is their drink. And oh, nice. uh, you know, when there's different events, they certainly are. Uh, you know, it sticks in their mind. Cool. So, so, so you guys got the, the Lamonsters. Uh, it would be cool if you guys get Lady Gaga over here, and, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> she can <laughs> she can identify with everybody in Lamont. Um, so, all right, let's, let's start with the full Lamonte and try it out. Um, you guys can go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll try one. You wanna? You guys are sharing. <laughs> well, you can go. I can. I can go next round. It's definitely light. Yep. But it has body and character to it. So I. I it's not like it's. Uh, body. I can. I can taste the flavors. Like saying, okay, anybody who drinks Budweiser and Bud Light, uh, this will be something they they like. It's kind of. It's not a lager, is it? Um. No, it's an ale. Okay. Yep. My bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, the nice part on it is it it is uh, it is light enough, and uh, and the body of it does have kind of that that logger yeah. type of type of feel. One thing I read on your website is that you guys have the uh, equipment to like create loggers year round. Yes. So uh, when we get to the top of the uh, flight sheet here, we do have a logger on called Commentator, which is our uh, which is our Doppelbach. So you will get a chance to taste one of those. Okay. Um, but we are able to. Uh, we've had some. Um, um, we did a Marzen beer. We did an Oktoberfest style beer. We did uh, a Dunkelsvickel. So we did some beer that uh, had to be lagered, and okay. our system is capable of doing that, which is really nice. Um, and we're planning on doing uh, some big things with some pills in the spring. Okay. Is lager, is that like a difficult type of style to make? Uh, uh, it is because it has to be done right. Um, right. There's nowhere to hide behind uh, the yeast, uh, the fruity esters that you get in an ale. Okay. So it has to be spot on. And it also takes longer to brew. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about that that maybe going close to you know eight weeks type of thing to lager, right. uh, bottom fermenting, and it has to be lagered at a cooler temperature. So you hold up your fermenter, and and, and you know time is money. If you have uh, a lager sitting in your fermenter for for that long, uh, you could have probably potentially churned out uh, three ales in that same amount of time. Yeah, I that, I was at another brewery, and they told me the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know that it's like instead of like holding it up. But at least you guys can make it all year round. So, I mean, that's something cool because, you know, the off days, you know, you can just make that. Uh, how much beer did you actually brew before you opened? Um, we started brewing after we got our TTB license. Um, we probably had beer in the fermenters before we, um, before we opened, probably. We were only doing uh, 15 barrels at the time. Uh, we have 30 barrel fermenters, but uh, you know we didn't know what was going to be popular, so we weren't right. going to brew 30, not have it be a hit, or have people like it. So we we started off on the low end, okay. uh, and then we had some beer available for our open. I think we had probably like um, you know eight or nine beers when we wow. went on opening day. We definitely wanted to hit the ground running and have a variety and just not be a you know hey there's two beers at this new brewery <laughs> we wanted people to come in and be wow this is we give everybody the wow factor right. and say show that uh, you know Pollyanna is here they're here to stay yeah and uh, you know you know get their reputation out right so on, on on the street people said well you know Pollyanna is uh, um, you know is got some really really cool and interesting stuff out there yeah so how many are we up to now well it fluctuates uh, right now we're at nine um, you know, there was, uh, you know, a while back we were up to 11 and, you know, it kind of goes by how quick, you know, we, we, we do give, uh, our distributor, uh, first crack at all our, uh, all the product that we make. And then we keep, we hold some back for the tap room and, you know, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes things move quicker mm -hmm. out of this distribution. And sometimes, you know, we don't realize how some of the beer is going to be here in the tap room, how well it's going to be received. And it, some of it goes quick and. We'll rebrew it if it's still seasonally uh, what we want, mm -hmm. but uh, otherwise, then we just you know kind of retire it till next year. Oh wow! Awesome. So, All right, so let's go to the uh, what, what are we going to taste next? I say we go to Maisie. Nice, and that is the uh, uh, American Pale Pale Ale. Oh, and that's a flagship beer. As it well. is one of the flagships. Yes, yes, and it is available. Um, we started canning about nine weeks ago, and Maisie. Uh, our Pale Ale and Lexical Gap, our IPA, are the two beers that are available uh, and packaged. Oh, cool. cool. So, and Maisie was the uh, the story that I gave you about the uh, uh, companionship uh, place here in Lamont back in the day. That's oh, what it was nice. named. It was called Maisie's Place. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> so, story, story has it that uh, Maisie was so popular, uh, a madame, that uh, when she was arrested, uh, and it was on a Friday, 
uh, on payday that there were over a uh, hundred gentlemen that came to Baylor out that day. Oh wow! So <laughs> popular girl. Popular, I, I yes. Mean, she was amazing. <laughs> I try one of the uh, yes. the amazing. And this is a pale ale. Correct. It has got uh, 45 IBU. What do you think about it, um, Aaron? Aaron? That's oh, a very good beer. Nice, <laughs> refreshing, easy to drink. Let's speak into the mic, Aaron. Oh. No, I'm just saying, it's a very good beer. Nice, refreshing, it's easy to drink. It's good on a day like today. Yeah. Yeah, Maisie's been pretty pretty popular. Um, it's been, you know, I think a lot of people enjoy pale ales. Uh, you know, they, they kind of range from uh, uh, subtle hoppiness to uh, mm. a little bit more straightforward hoppiness. I think ours is a little bit more towards, towards, that, uh, towards that side being at 45 uh, IBUs. So it does have some, some of those uh, hops that I think a lot of people relate to, um, you know, your, your, your citras and your centennials and some right. of those hops that... Uh, you know, kind of come forward as a nice, uh, like, uh, citrus taste to it. Right. A pale ale versus a IPA, what is the difference between? I think it has to really do a lot with the types of hops that are used and the amount of hops that are in it. Okay. I think I think uh, a lot of IPAs are, are, are pale ales that are just really, really boosted up um, to, with, with the hops. Okay, cool. So uh, we were done with the Mezzi. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Madam Mezzi. Oh, Maddie's, Mezzi's place. Uh, so the next one, where are we uh, take to next? You know, let's go up up one on the flight sheet. We'll go to Behind Abbey Doors. We'll, we'll get a little Belgian in your, uh, in your guys' system here. Okay. What's the story behind Behind Abbey Doors? I noticed that you guys had that on the... So this is a beer that we brewed um, when we first opened, uh, and we, we retired it for a little while, and, it, and now we brought it back. Um, so... Mm. It's a uh, it's a brown, and Brian really thought that browns are are you know they're they're good beer, but sometimes they're not as interesting as they can be. Right. So with this brown, he used the uh, the uh, Belgian yeast to put in to put in it. So it's a uh, it's a little bit different, low on the IBUs, 25 only. Um, you know, a little bit higher on the alcohol at 6.4, but I think you get that you get that nice uh, little bit of fruitiness to it. Yeah, um, it definitely tastes the fruit. You get the banana flavor. Yep. Yeah. Yep, you get a little bit of that from the uh, Belgian from that Belgian yeast. yeast. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. You know, I think yeah. Brian's thought on that was the old, uh, you know, behind Abbey doors, kind of playing off maybe that Trappist type of thing and talking, you know, what goes on behind oh, okay. Ab- Abbey doors. <laughs> nice. Uh, since the, he was he was traveling at the time uh, in uh, out in Belgium when he was in brewing school, so oh, kind of okay. kept that in the back of his mind and used that as one of the names for one of the beers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. One can only imagine what happens in the back of those doors. <laughs> <laughs> so are the names like a collaborative effort or does Brian come in like, hey, this is what I'm calling it, roll with it? He's got the, he's really got a really good sense of uh, when he's making the beer, what he wants to call it. And mm-hmm. he's a, he's an English miner um, from Iowa and, and really he's got some narratives that are pretty, pretty good. Uh, once in a while, other folks will kind of throw in their two cents, some of the other owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody has an ego big enough to, to really say, right. oh, no, I need this beer named this for any reason. Right. Everything's been, you know, you hear these names the first time and you go, really? I don't get it. And then when you start to hear it and you think about it and then you start to sell it and other people come in and ask for it, then you're like, yeah. it just becomes second nature. Yeah, I think that's what's this great. One. This one, like that one? Yeah, this, the, the, uh, the name stuck out to me most. I'm behind the Abbey Doors? Yeah. It's pretty cool because... Uh, uh, the names mean something, you know, and, and sometimes like you would never know, like if you Budweiser, uh, what does that mean, you know? But what I like about craft brewing is that 
it it now you know it means something to people and, and, and there's stories behind it you know and there, there, there's a there's something more than the beer than just right you know oh let's chug all these beers and you know whatever <laughs> and there's there's you know something behind it which gives it all that more interesting character to it you know like yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't have a name. My beer just be called beer. It's be called beer. <laughs> <laughs> Super original. What is it? Beer. I tell you. So, uh, uh, how you enjoying Aaron? Like that brown, that uh, Belgian? Yeah, it's real good. It's one of my favorite styles of beer. Is it really? Yeah, they tend to be sweeter than normal. Are you familiar with the Trappist? Uh, I've had like one or two of them. I haven't really had many of those. Right. I had a quadruple one time. That was insane. That's like. I don't. I don't see how people even want to drink. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not a. Uh, they're not really session beers. Yeah. So they're they're you kind of one and done them when you have yeah. them. Yeah. They're really interesting, um, and they're. I think they're very sweet. Um, you know, would you sit there at that ABV level and chug any more than one? Eh, yeah, probably not. No. Yeah, I definitely can't take more than one. Um, so let's go on to what what's next. I say we uh, we give a try to uh, this beer is fairly unique and it's called Compost Mentis, which means of sound mind. Of sound mind. And this is a uh, blonde with uh, made with cardamom, which is oh. a spice, and with peaches. Cardamom and peaches. I I actually made some cupcakes. I, I make cupcakes, <laughs> which is probably <laughs> funny. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of my cupcakes is a mango cardamom, ah. so this is probably like go well with it. That'd be a good food pairing. Mmm, that's good. What is it again? Is it? It's cardamom peach. Cardamom peach. It's a blonde. I can taste the peach. Oh yeah. Cardamom peach. Wow, that's really really good. So it's uh, you know, I think peaches is one of those that if you overdo it, uh, you're not gonna like it. Right. You have just that right amount. That's the right amount of balance. Like it's 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 you can taste it in the back of your tongue. Yep. And it's like, the cardamom hits it first, and then you hit the peach afterwards. Which I is like, pretty cool. I like the fact that y'all actually got the peach to come through in the beer. Mm-hmm. That's a hard flavor to actually pull yeah, out. Yeah, I taste it, really. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have peach beers, and you can't really taste the peach. Oh, get closer to the mic. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, a lot of people make a lot of peach beers, or they say it has peach in it, but then you don't really taste the peach. Right. But in here, <laughs> you can really taste it. It comes out. It's, it's like not overpowering. There's peach in there, and it's like they just drop the peach in there and pull it back out. <laughs> More like a peach pit. Yeah. Well, for all the uh, any fruit that we've added to the beer, we've used uh, we've used puree and uh, different than an extract because okay. some people may use extracts, and I think those could be a little bit overpowering because you know you're you're kind of once you add it in, you can't do much with it. You know, I think when we when we put the um, the um, puree in, you know, we we kind of monitor early on how does it taste and then and then right. you know, a little bit gradually we kind of make sure we get to the point where it's where we want it at okay uh plus it's natural and it's and it's something that uh you know you're getting the uh you know it's a little more work because you have to uh you have to get rid of that residue out of the fermenters but yeah. uh when done right i think you enjoy it yeah yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good um so where are we where are we going next well you know what i think we should jump up to uh commentator which is our uh which is the lager that's on that's on draft and this beer is a uh, doppelbach lager oh so i was gonna say lager and it's dark <laughs> it's the one i was waiting for it's yeah. the one you were waiting for yeah i, I read the road up the write-up about it and i thought it was interesting yeah uh, this is pretty cool I mean, so it's eight percent definitely smell the the, the roasted mar- the malt yep 
people who hmm. always have something to say is what I was uh, reading about that. <laughs> so I actually named this one. This one that is good. So yeah. What's the story behind Commentator? Uh, how did they get that name? You know, most uh, Doppelbox have an, a, uh, um, a suffix called, which is a tour at the end of it. And, uh, boy, I just was kind of sitting there one day and Commentator <laughs> came to mind and <laughs> that was about it. Kind of feels like, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm the... The commentator at times of the of the brewery being out and about all the time. So oh, awesome. nice. Just to call it Paul the commentator. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Paul. That's good. Thank you. So, uh, I guess I can edit out these pauses. <laughs> We're just like uh, admiring the beer, and it's like, oh. It's empty airspace, but that's cool because <laughs> that means it's really good beer. Right. And, you know, exactly. I can see you guys enjoying them. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess we can move on to the next one, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's go um, with the next one. We're going to bounce back to a Belgian, and this one is uh, one of them that we we had on early. Um, it's very popular here at the brewery, and it's called Acclamation, and it's a Belgian Golden Strong. So we're we're we're, we're kind of going up in the ABVs here okay. uh, to seven seven and about Ooh. and about twenty five IBUs, so a little on the light side though. But it's a Belgian Golden Strong brewed with apricot. It smells delicious. Apricot. Nice apricot. So you that's can, another fruit that uh, isn't done all that much. Oh wow! But it's been done well. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. So do y'all keep like uh, records of which one is the uh, most popular or sells the most? Yeah, you know we do. We've got sales history here. Uh, on our POS system in the tap room, plus are the feedback that we get and how quick these beers move from our distributor. Mm -hmm. So we get feedback all the time. Once he takes a, a batch or two, I mean, there's sometimes with some of these beers, they're pre-sold. Um, the, mm. the, the, the distributor reps get out there and talk to customers and say, acclamations back, and they say, you know, they have, hey, that sold great at our bar, pub, or restaurant. Right. We want it again. Get us a get us a half barrel. Get us a half barrel. You know, put, put, put my name on the list, knowing when it's coming out. So right. Right. I think that's a, uh, you know, that's a, um, a true indication of how popular the beer has become right. uh, when you get that. And when it's pre-sold, and then when the distributor's basically taken out of the, of the walk-in, uh, cold, bringing it to his place and then delivering it the next day. And you look on beer menus and you've got all these places that, that have logged it on because they're waiting to get it. I mean, that's that's really great to see. Yeah, yeah that's fun. awesome. That's so um, we've been tasting all these beers. And what it, one thing I like about craft beer is that you can pair it with food. You know, and, and then the sure. other day someone told me that actually America is probably like the last place that figured out that you can pair beer with food. Um, but now we know. So, uh, what what type of foods that you would like say this one right now? What would you pair it with? Boy, I would pair acclamation with anything with pork. Anything I with mean, pork. if it had something that had a uh, like that nice golden brown, or you were to put some type of uh, a glaze on a on, mm. a on a pork chop or something like that, oh. you were to put this mm -hmm. uh, with the acclamation with the apricot. I think all those things go oh, very man. well together. Like some apricot glaze pork yeah, chops so on the grill when the barbecue yeah. truck is here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say that would be uh, yeah, that would go very well. Yeah, we definitely yeah. got to come back when that barbecue <laughs> truck is out here because <laughs> I definitely want to get acclimated. Right? I, I'm a vegetarian actually. <laughs> Oh, no, but I, I'm not a vegetarian. But I. I uh, uh, so which one goes good with veggies? <laughs> right. Which one? Oh, the the door. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, uh, actually, yeah, definitely barbecue. I say this goes really good. Um, so I'm thinking, we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get some now. Want some barbecue now? All right. So, um, so 
Moving along. Let's go to uh, 15 Locks, and 15 Locks has a story uh, behind it being the uh, Double Oatmeal Stout. Okay. Uh, this was just released uh, yesterday, Saturday, on oh, wow. uh, November uh, 7th. Um, it was, it's a double oatmeal stout, and the name is, uh, that's how many uh, locks there were on the uh, I&M Canal. Oh, yeah? Which we're, right, uh, which we're right next to. So the locks are basically, when the boats go down the canal, let me see if I'm, I'm, I know what I'm talking about, but I probably don't. Um, it's basically a boat that fills up with water, right? Yes. The boat gets in there, and then it moves over to the next lock? Yeah, it's to help with the elevations from the... From, uh, uh, Going down the uh, going down the uh, the waterway, right? Um, so that the, the the vessel could keep moving. Otherwise, uh, they're not all on the same uh, plane, I guess, right. or the same equal level. So uh, they have to be filled up so they could keep on moving down the road. Right. And do you know like what what type of what were they like transporting? Like you know, I mean, I guess you said something earlier, but what, what were they like merchandise? Were they transporting? It was basically anything they wanted to get down the Mississippi. Okay. So anything you know, this was the quickest way to do it. Uh, was to get it down the I&M Canal and then to Mississippi and then from Mississippi down to New Orleans would be some of the destinations that I guess they would go to, St. Louis, right. any place that were along the Mississippi. So if you follow this canal, I mean, you can get all the way down to... Um, not anymore. Not anymore? Uh, it's closed off uh, not too far uh, down neither um, uh, north or south from us, basically uh, to cut off the Asian carp from getting into the lake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Uh, my wife is around here. She's Asian. <laughs> Asian carp is the reason that they cut off the canal. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That's interesting. I mean, that's pretty cool. And you guys have a view of it, right? Like right out. Yeah, it's right outside right our outside. window. Yep, yep. So this so. was a uh, one that we did uh, for our event that we had done yesterday, which was Movember, uh, which we're, we were raising awareness and money for men's health. Um, we did a uh, collaboration with Imperial Oak in Willow Springs, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to both brew the same beer, but uh, we were both going to do uh, different variants in the ingredients. So we ended up doing here at Pollyanna the cocoa nibs and coffee, and they did vanilla and cinnamon. Oh, wow. Um, so we each had a nice. bottle release yesterday, which was very nice. And this is the, uh, this is the beer that, uh, the 15 that, locks. That, that we bottled, and uh, we call it the 15 locks. So. That's awesome. So that was kind of kind of fun. Oh we also gosh. in this one from the from the coffee side of this, uh, it's Ethiopian um, cocoa nibs uh, from uh, a, um, a, uh, a coffee uh, from a gentleman in um, uh, in Plain or excuse me Naperville okay. uh, called Fifteen Drops. Uh, oh wow! Is the name of his, uh, is the name of his, uh, his establishment. He provided us the uh, fresh coffee for it. That's pretty cool. I can yeah. really taste the coffee in it. I mean, it's like. Boom in your face. Is that ironic? Did you try this one? Yeah, I did. Okay. Is, is it? Uh, you mentioned something. Uh, y'all were working with men's health. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And you, I know you have skeptics that feel like maybe alcohol or beer is unhealthy. So do, did you get like a lot of you know? No. For that no, the place was packed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we 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 wanted to put uh, we wanted to sell the bombers yesterday uh, as a bottle release and. And uh, donate some of the the uh, proceeds along with some uh, raffles to uh, to Men's Health. I think it, uh, you know, um, you know, good or bad, the, the craft beer movement has a lot more men in it than women. Right. Yeah, um, right. So yeah. you know, figured it would be a good way to give to give back a little bit. Yeah. So that was yesterday, right? Yeah. Because I, I think we were scheduled. I mean, we were trying to schedule uh, right. uh, yesterday's visit. Um, how did that go? It went really well. It was one of our best days here in the tap room. Um, it was great. Uh, Imperial Oak had a great crowds. We had great crowds. 
we had the barrel run, which ran a basically a trolley between uh, from 12 to 5 between both breweries. So nice. it was packed every single time. I mean, they would show up here and people would leave Pollyanna to go to Imperial Oak and then vice versa at the bottom of the hour. It was great. Um, we really enjoyed the fact uh, of the collaboration and uh, we, uh, we pretty much sold out of... Uh, out of the bombers, so awesome. people were pretty nice. happy. We had a two two uh, two bottle maximum, uh, and uh, people were here to support it. So right, that fifteen lax is really good. That's that's pretty cool. It's about as fresh as it gets. I mean, uh-huh. you know, everything here is probably within a couple weeks, but that one was just uh, uh, kegged on Friday. Oh wow! So you know, it's it's <laughs> it, it's new. Yeah, that's pretty it's good. The new baby. So, right? Yep. New, yep. So uh, where are we moving on to next? Well, let's go the lexical gap. This is our IPA. Um, it's seven point three. Oh. And it's uh, it's 85 IBUs, so it is definitely going to uh, be on the hoppy side. It definitely smells really good. Yep. And it is done with uh, Citra, Centennial, Simcoe, Columbus, um, all those types of West Coast hops. Um, West Coast. West Coast style. West Coast style. This is really good. This is, I think this is what I tasted when, we, when you were doing the tasting in uh, Wicker Park. Correct. Yeah, I brought the uh, Lexical Gap in, uh, in our packaged and uh, uh, in the cans, 16-ounce cans. And, uh, and you know, I, I think it, uh, you know, a lot of people that are into craft um, that don't know they're in the craft say, I, I want an IPA. That mm. just seems to be the words that come out of their mouth. And uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to please those yeah. folks by having a really nice IPA, one that uh, hits that hop, but then the I think it uh, that aftertaste kind of drops off quickly, right. um, so that you're not really talking something that lingers in your mouth and something that you're kind of going, you're smacking your lips, going, well, you know, <laughs> this this makes you want to have a second sip. I right. think. Yeah. So. Yeah. What so do you guys who, think? I think it's really good. I mean, I'm I'm a IPA fan. Okay. Um, I didn't, and I think this is the thing. Like a lot of craft people, IPA is like like you said earlier, like that. This is like the popular style of beer. Um, that was the first one I had. Uh, which was like, wow, IPAs are excellent, you know. But then I started venturing out into other ones, and you know, I started the Belgians and the, the stouts, and I mean, I love stouts; they're pretty cool. Porters, you know, and and then I think that that IPA is probably like the introductory. I mean, to people who love about craft, you know, like we we try IPAs first because it's kind of the most popular when everybody has IPAs. But then you start venturing out into other styles and and, and different types of beer and I don't know. You get. I'm just rambling. I think. No, the, I think you're right. I think. The, the I think flight, it's, <laughs> the flight's it's, getting to me. <laughs> well, it's it's a good hook. Um, if you say you want to try something and you're an IPA person, right. I think that is probably the beer you go to. But I've heard a lot of people lately say, I, I'm kind of over IPAs. I right. want something either more sessionable, or I want to try a Belgian, or I want to try yeah. uh, something on the darker side. You know, there's a lot of folks that. Uh, uh, you know, are afraid of having a porter or a stout, thinking it's exactly. going to be heavy, 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 and then they realize, yeah, oh I my think gosh, that, these aren't yeah. these aren't what I thought they were. I think that's where I was going. But what, like, so if somebody who hasn't tried craft beers, starting with a porter is probably not going to be your best bet, you know, because it's first of all, it's dark, and people are used to like light looking beers right. and, and, and and light flavor. I mean, it's such a bold flavor that you don't even think beer would even taste like that, you know. And then once you and that's the thing. What I like about it is because um, I started the way I got on craft beer was I, I would used to drink wine, and I kind of like learned you know about wine and the regions and, and all these things. And, and, and so once I had a craft beer, uh, I think I had an IPA was the first one I had, and then I was like, wow, this is this is you know this is incredible, you know. Um, and then there's the variety of styles, you know. Everybody has their own uh, a style of beer and. and, and, and 
each each person's IPA is different. You know, each person, you know, depending on the formula they use, and that's what made it like, wow, this is awesome because. Who knew that that beer, you know, all you knew was Budweiser and Miller Lite, you know, and that would basically, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Am I rambling? No. Again? Not really. I mean, when it comes to beer, it's it's a very hard thing to master because when you go to different regions, there's a lot of different aspects that happen. Like right. you have to test the water. Yeah. Because the water here is not going to be the same as say you go and try to brew your same beer in Texas or California. Or somewhere else, it makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm curious to know, being a comedian, <laughs> you do. You <laughs> all right, owning a brewery, do you get some interesting characters that come in here? Is everybody like real mild mannered and professional, or do you get some guys that you like? Oh. Well, everybody starts off mild mannered. Gotcha. And, uh, <laughs> things ramp up at different times for different people, yeah. I think. But uh, no, never really. I mean, there's nobody got to kick out. Or, no, no, no. I think the craft beer scene is pretty that's mellow. Exactly. Um, that's what I'm going to say. Like everybody, I, That's what I like about the craft beer scene is that it's not, and I said this in the previous episode, uh, it's not a place where you go to watch the game, get drunk, and act stupid. You know, it's a place where intellectual people come together. Uh, maybe you're not a scientist, yeah. but maybe you enjoy certain things and, and, and talking about life and talking about politics or whatever, like, whatever subject you want to talk about. Play get together chess. and play chess because a lot of group don't they like have the board, board games, games. Oh yeah, you know, and which is pretty cool. Oh, you just saw that Bruopoly over <laughs> here. Bruopoly over there, um, which is pretty cool, you know. And, and I think it doesn't bring that vibe of of ah, bro, let's get drunk and 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 start acting stupid. Well, you have to think about. I think sometimes too is the uh, you know pricing on craft beer is not uh, you know we're not doing buckets of beer. Yeah, uh, it's not a bucket for ten bucks or a bucket for five bucks. It's, right. you know. It might be five, six, seven dollars a, a beer. It's a bucket for two hundred dollars. <laughs> so you know you have to look at uh, who wants to start trouble and how much money they have in their pocket. Right. I think there's yeah. a correlation at times. Yeah, yeah. like they want to yeah. get drunk, but they can't afford it. So right. they find someplace else to go, <laughs> right, which, is, right. which is fine. By uh, yeah, they're like standing outside the outside the looking in, like we want to get drunk, but we can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's a, but it, also you know, yeah. I feel that people come out for craft beer. They're actually there for the product. They're there to try yeah. you know, different variations, and you want to see with what did this brewery do with this style? Right. You know? Yeah, because everybody has a different like you can. Right. I mean, there's there's certain amount of styles of beer, but everybody has a different take on it. Right. And that's what is intriguing because, and that's what I want to do by going to different breweries is that I want to see everybody's different style on that beer. You know, so the IPA here. It's obviously different than IPA at uh, Lagunitas or at, you know anywhere else, you know. And, and but everybody has their own unique. Because the thing about craft beer, to me, is that it's the way I think beer should taste like. Sure. And that's what it is, you know. And 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 I I drink beer and I say, well, I think this should taste like this, and that's what makes me to say, okay, well, I'm going to study how to make beer, and I'm going to make my beer the way I think it is, you know, the way I think it should be, and then you share it with everybody else which is pretty cool uh you know and then that's how i guess the brew props come up <laughs> what do you think is that that theory right <laughs> yeah that sounds pretty <laughs> <laughs> and i'm also curious okay do y'all uh are y'all big on like uh thursday night and sunday night football here or no sports no. doesn't do us that's any a, favors exactly, exactly. sports uh yeah. you know with the cubs went in and then with the blackhawks i mean mm. it was not we you couldn't uh, set your clock by how many people were going to be here. Sometimes there were folks that showed, and they were in uniform, and they just were 
out. This is where they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And other times, uh, you could swing a dead cat in here and not hit anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. So I, that's what I think. That's what I, uh, craft beer people are here for the beer. Like you said, like Aaron said, they're here for the beer. They're here for the experience. They're here for the stories. They're here for, you know, whatever else that, I mean, you just leave everything else in the world behind for that period of time that you're hanging out at the, was that non-alcoholic? <laughs> my production, production assistants are over there drinking. They yeah, my be wife drinking. isn't a drinker. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing right now. I don't know what they're doing, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so unprofessional. <laughs> she don't want to be left out. Like, right. we've, we've, we've been expired. Right. So, uh, all right, let's go to the last one because we're running out of time. Uh, but last but not least, this is Eleanor. This is uh, what uh, our brewmaster considers his baby. Um, this is a beer that uh, we've uh, been very popular with. It's our porter. Uh, it's an award winner at the Midwest Brewers Fest. It's uh, 6.8 uh, ABV and 35 IBU. I think it has a great, um, a great, rich chocolate taste, um, caramel, some raisins. I also think you get a little bit of plum. I think since this is the one we went to last, I think this is right at the temperature it should be. Right. Um, and I think that's how it should be. It should it's, be drunk. It's pretty good. Um, Eleanor, it's this baby now <laughs> gone in 60 seconds, a uh, movie about Nicolas Cage stealing cars. Eleanor was kind of like the Trojan, uh, not, not the, the unicorn or something like that, right? Yeah, it, was like they, it was the one he couldn't get. The one he couldn't get. Is this uh, Brian's, uh, I don't know, the one I, I, I wanted to master the most? Or, or I think it's the most difficult for him to brew. And it's one that he really cares about because he, he wanted to make this beer uh, really good for, for everyone. Um, and it's one that uh, we want to have, you know, it's a, it's a flagship, so it's in, and, we wanna, and we have it all year long. Right. Uh, we want to bring porters to people to drink them all the time. Um, and this is one great beer to do that. Eleanor, um, the name Eleanor is the actual uh, author. Eleanor Porter is okay. the author of Pollyanna. Oh, wow. So pretty nice. easy to go with that one. So right? I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> so we went with the Eleanor name on that one. You thought it was uh, an ex-girlfriend or something? <laughs> no, no. I thought it was, you know, based on the movie Gone in 60 oh, okay. Seconds, which was like the unicorn. You only catch, you know, the one that you want to get right or the one it, that got away, you know. Everybody had their own idea. Yeah. Eleanor. Hey, that's craft beer. Everybody has their own idea. Yeah, I was like, I know why I they was, named it this. I was <laughs> thinking of Sam for this one. San Francisco. Wasn't it his wife's name in the movie? No, it was Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. My bad. <laughs> but you know, behind... <laughs> you're way off. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> behind Abby's doors, your mind can go places like, you know, it could be a stalker or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. My favorite name was probably Acclamation. Yeah. That's I like cool. the commentator. There you go. Because I'm getting in with Paul. I like yeah. lexical. You pretty much turned into a commentator at the, a few drinks. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's rambling. 15 locks. 15, yeah, after 15 locks, you're a really commentator. So we got a last one, which is, I guess, a surprise. Uh, oh, we got a surprise? I what are we surprises? drinking, Paul? We got so, a bonus. So this was the bonus, bonus beer for today, and uh, it just went off draft. This beer was our very first uh, barrel-aged barrel release, which is uh, it's a barrel-aged Belgian quad. Oh, my gosh. So it was, beige, it was aged in wine barrels, so burgundy and cabernet barrels for nine months here at wow. the brewery. Wow. And uh, we just came out with it uh, a couple weeks ago for our one-year anniversary, and uh, we thought it would be something very special. Uh, we put it in bombers. Uh, it is, a, uh, I think, a very, very smooth beer. It, it crosses a few different people who 
like beer and like wine. Right. I think you get both here, and you could do it with, from the nose when you when you smell it, and then yeah, you can definitely when you taste yeah. it. So mm. let's have a sip of this. Right. Guys, Cheers. try it. Cheers. And I, I got one last question for you, Paul. Mm. Being a um, you know we're uh, comedians here in business, you know, independent business owners ourselves. Were there any doubts? Like you said, this was your first time going into business for yourself. Were there any? What was your biggest doubt or or fear? Or I don't know if it'll work. Moment. I think we 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 knew we had great product. Um, it really turned into picking the right distributor, which we did with Heartland Beverage. And then uh, you know, basically, it's it's five guys having to get along. And we always look at this as you know, I, I we, we said there was no swearing, but it's ours to screw up. Oh, that's not a swear word. Put another <laughs> word in there. <laughs> but it's ours to screw up. I mean, the market's there, double digit growth. Um, we've got a great space. We're we're all uh, educated um, business owners, um, and I think you know. If we could manage ourselves, we could make this to be very successful. And we wanted to have a great brand and a great image out in the marketplace. And that, all those things, we kind of juggle all day long because we all have our own individual duties here at the brewery. Right. But um, we realized that, you know, if everybody does what, they're, what we've all talked and we've all agreed that we were going to do, then mm. it really is ours to screw up. Right. But we're not <laughs> going to. We're going we're gonna to make this successful, and we really are happy that we're bringing great craft beer out to people. And I think Pollyanna's name is, keeps on growing. Uh, we've got good uh, uh, street credit out in the city. Um, street I think credit. That, so we've got some good things going on there, uh, popular out in the burbs, and you know that's what we're trying to balance and, and trying to continue to bring uh, new and innovative beer out into the marketplace. We've done some sours. We're doing some barrel aging. Um, you know, we're going to keep on pushing the envelope when it comes to yeah. t- comes to styles. But you know, again, Brian's thought is to brew beer that you, everybody would want to have a second beer of. Right. So I think you know everything that you had, you'd say I'll, mm-hmm. I would do. You know, it may not be my favorite style, but right. push came to shove, I'd yeah. do another one. I have no problem with it. Definitely. You know, versus some of the folks that want to brew beer with crazy ass ingredients that you know yeah. you don't really want to no, say. No, ass may be a curse word. Well, <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he waited till the end to say it. So. Yeah, we're not going to start over. So. <laughs> it was time was almost up. <laughs> so. But um, Paul, uh, so my wife wants me to ask you a question. Uh, my wife, the PA assistant. Uh, <laughs> um, for everybody, uh, what, is, what is the first time you got drunk off of Oh, when's the first time you got drunk? Okay, not off the end of a flight. Yeah. I, think, okay, I was going to say now. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, what's the first time you ever got drunk? Oh, ever got drunk, huh? I think it had to be uh, probably some Bartles and James in college. Wow. Yeah, those were, that was when, you know, you didn't really drink beer yet. You were still on that, that sweet kick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, or somebody gave you the old jungle juice uh, treatment, which oh was the, uh, you know, the vodka and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and Kool-Aid. And it was just one of those where, oh, my gosh. Oh and my gosh. Uh, that's how that went. Yeah, that was one of those that you, you wish you can kind of have back. But, yeah. um, you know. Aaron? You've never gotten drunk before. I really don't remember. <laughs> he was really drunk. Yeah, he's that drunk. I don't remember. Nah, it probably was around the time. I was in five, 21. What were you doing? Drinking. What do you mean? What I was doing? Right. <laughs> he was playing cards and he accidentally got drunk. <laughs> so, Mickey? Uh, I, I was just telling my wife this story. I, um... 
I was drinking beer for some time and never really got drunk. So I had a bottle of ENJ and mm. I, I, oh, I was in the car and, jerk. and I was just trying to, it was just a matter of saying, it's like that weightlifter that wants to see what his max is. So I was trying to, I was drinking like, let me see if I can get drunk. And it was horrible. I was, uh, you know, my brother tells me everything that happened. He said I got in the car backwards and, and uh, <laughs> he said I was eating a hamburger like really fast, like taking like <laughs> really fast bites and then. Uh. I was on the house phone and it wasn't even plugged up. <laughs> so, but uh, that was the first time, and uh, the last time will probably be today because I'm 160 pounds and nine uh, <laughs> uh, off of the flight. Um, I would yeah. say like the first time I ever got drunk, I can remember I was in Disney World. <laughs> Disney World. Oh, and, and I didn't get drunk in Disney World. I uh, actually went on a high school graduation trip to Disney World. Never drank in my life. You know, um, and 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 we were, I guess we were what nineteen or eighteen or something like that. And I guess it was legal then, you know. And so uh, they bought some beer, and I think I had maybe like three beers, and 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 I just couldn't stop laughing, and I was just <laughs> running around, busting in people's rooms because I'm, I'm a prankster and I do stuff, you know. And I run, <laughs> busting in people's rooms and like pulling their bed sheets off and like <laughs> doing crazy stuff. Uh, you the might next have been high. No, no, it wasn't high. <laughs> uh, the next day uh, wasn't so fun. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, did you throw up? Uh, I didn't throw up, but it wasn't fun. You it had a headache. And yeah, uh, a headache, and then you feel dehydration like dehydration and all that. Yeah, people open up bags of Doritos, and you <laughs> like, Ooh, that does not look good. But uh, that was it. I mean, I don't know, but now we don't get drunk. Now we experience beer. That's a cool thing about craft beer because. You don't go out and get drunk like college kids do, and you go out and, and, and it's like wine drinkers. You don't, I know Paul has a thing with wine drinkers, <laughs> but uh, you don't go out and get drunk. And, 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 and it's an experience. It, it's, it's understanding certain things, and it's having a conversation with a person, you know, and, and, and enjoying that moment that you are there at that brewery or a brew pub or whatever. And, and that's what it's all about. So we've come to the end of our show. Uh, Thank you, thank you, Paul, uh, for for having us. Pollyanna is thank out you. in Lamont, Illinois, um, right on. Uh, what street is this? Uh, we're <laughs> off of Talcott and Stephen. Talcott and Stephen. Well, I actually had the address, but I didn't want to mention. I don't know if Paul has any stalkers or anything like that. I don't want to. Ex wives that make right. <laughs> oh, that's up. where he is. <laughs> oh, that's where he hangs out at. Uh, um, but definitely check out Pollyanna. I think it's one of the greatest beers I've had. Uh, it, the, the 15 locks is awesome, so try that out uh, when you come here. The last one we had, how long is that going to be around? Uh, it is only available yet in some bombers that we still have left, so we've probably got uh, a couple dozen that are still sitting here at the brewery. And um, and what's, what's the name of this? Eleanor. This is called, no, it was called Arenda. Arenda? Arenda. Arenda. That's Arenda. the, that nice. is the, uh, the, the bonus beer from today. That is the... Uh, a Belgian quad aged nine months in wine barrels. Wine barrels nine yeah. months. That's that's <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, a baby. baby. Yeah, that's, that's a baby. baby. We should name our first child Orenda. Orenda. There you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you, Aaron, for sitting in, having a good time. Uh, thank you, Mickey, for joining me. Thank you, Paul, for having us, man. Uh, this is pretty cool. Thank you for thank you all for making a uh, an idea come true, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, and uh, thank you, my production assistants. Uh, Leah Eva and Sanjil Ross for uh, 
taking pictures. Check out the pictures uh, on our website, Mr. Mrs. Smith.com. Um, check out the podcast on iTunes and definitely check out PollyannaBrewing.com for more information about Pollyanna uh, beer. So, uh, guys, see you next time. Cheers. 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 Ow. Hey, don't be an idiot. Be responsible.